You are listening to the Unstoppable Yes You podcast, Start, Run, and Grow series. I'm your host, Carlos Phillip. We've invited seasoned as well as up-and-coming entrepreneurs to share their stories, including the challenges and lessons learned on their journey to building a profitable business. This series is packed with valuable insights for aspiring entrepreneurs. Today, I'm speaking with Tahira Banks. Growing up in Rendezvous Bay, Anguilla, Tahira knew that one day she would be her own boss. As a young girl, she was one of the lead singers in a popular local soca band. So naturally, music served as her pathway to entrepreneurship. While attending the University of Houston, Tahira launched her first business, a music studio, which she provided songwriting and music production services. After losing her best friend in a car accident, Tahira returned home at the age of 24 to Anguilla to be with family. She embarked on multiple business ventures since returning to Anguilla in 2013 before landing on Thoughtful Digital Agency. Tierra, welcome. It's so great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. How are you doing? I'm great. So let's jump in. You have such a rich background and a wonderful story, and I can't wait to share it with the listeners. So as a young child, music has always been in your blood. Tell us about that. I grew up in a a musical household. My dad, Banky, is a performing artist. And so from the time I was about like four years old, he bought me my first drum set. And um, he would have me on stage with him playing drums. I wasn't that good, but I really enjoyed being on stage with him playing drums. And then I started going to music lessons, play piano. I didn't last very long, but I did have a piano at home and I learned a few chords and figured out that I could play Temptation songs and those old school songs. And I just fell in love with that. So I I developed the ability to play piano by ear. And with my piano, I practiced songwriting. I just started to create. You also knew that you wanted to be an entrepreneur. So you attended University of Houston. You applied for the entrepreneurship program and... You didn't get in. So what did you do next? (laughs) Yeah, so when I left Anguilla, I went to Houston. I finished my high school in Houston. And I subsequently applied and was admitted to the University of Houston. I I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to to own my own business. I I, I just like control over my own results. And I felt like being an entrepreneur gave me the ultimate opportunity to do that. And so... When I applied to U of H, my intention was to attend the Wolf Center for Entrepreneurship. It's the number one entrepreneurship program in the United States, and it's been in the top 10 for well over a decade. So I said to myself, I want to be a part of this. That previous semester, I had not done so hot. I had started a music studio, and I just was not in a good place academically. So when I applied to the program, they rejected my application. And so I said to myself, well, It doesn't matter if I don't get into the entrepreneurship program. I'm just going to take every course at the school that will empower me to be an entrepreneur. So I did my double major in business with a focus in accounting and marketing. My minors in management, global business, and entrepreneurship. I just tried to learn as much as possible within that space. One of your first jobs in college was a sales rep for your newspaper. You had the choice between a base salary of $600 a month and no commission 
or no base salary and 10 to 20% commission on your ad sales. You chose the commission pay structure. Why? I think that that goes back to just my, my obsession with controlling my own results, you know, being in control of my outcomes. And I felt like while the $600 salary was comfortable, it was a cap. Like I, I could, I could earn so much more. Obviously I could also earn less. I could earn $0 if I sold and nothing, but I, I just enjoy the idea that whatever I put in um, and the effort I put in as, as a salesperson for the paper uh, would, would determine my outcome. So if I worked really hard and I got really good and I sold a lot, then I'd make more money. And if I didn't improve, then I would not be able to eat, right? That was just really important to me, again, to feel like I was my own boss and that I had some semblance of control over my outcomes and my experiences at that time. You mentioned earlier you'd started a music studio in 2009. You later launched a venture sports brand and both did not turn out as you expected. So why do you feel those businesses failed? Good question. It was important for those to fail. I didn't take enough time, I don't think, to do the adequate research. And I really don't look at those as failures, but rather I look at them as learning experiences. So they fail because we were not prepared. But the failure was a learning experience that empowered us to do better going forward. As you reflect on that, if you um, had to um, approach either one of those businesses again, and you can choose one, what specifically would you have done differently? I would say with the adventure sports brand, I would have launched at a different time of year. I think that we were more obsessed with getting out there again, focused on appearances and not necessarily saying, well, is April, May the right time to launch a brand in a tourism destination where you have a slow season from June, July through October? The answer to that question is no. You should really be launching like in November where you know off the bat you're going to have a lot of people in the island. I would have done more in the way of training. I would have invested a bit differently. I would not have gone all in. Not to say I'm being overly conservative, but I would have been wiser about how we invested early on. And I would have started a lot smaller and scaled it. For example, one of the things we were doing with the Adventure Sports brand was our employees were going to the beach and providing these services. But that meant that we had to pay them every single day, regardless of whether or not someone showed up or they didn't show up. We realized that more than 60% of our bookings were coming from persons who booked ahead of time. So if it is that we're only available upon booking, that's okay because we would not have been incurring those expenses, the cost of the, of the labor during times when people just weren't booking. Those are all great points. You always have to find the lessons and challenges. And when you approach, whether it's the same business or a new business, then you do it differently. So after Hurricane Irma in 2017, you and your partner decided to press the reset button. What led you to that decision and how did you reset? Yeah, Hurricane Irma was tough. That was in the same year that the Adventure Sports brand uh, did not succeed, right? So it was tough because when Irma came, it felt like we lost everything. We had invested all this money in this business and the island, the economy was pretty much halted. And we just felt like, you know, we made this mistake. We've learned from it. 
we essentially have to start back from zero. It's not a comfortable space to be in. We can do things differently this time. And I've always been someone that I've enjoyed fresh starts. I don't look at a fresh start as like a failure. I enjoy it because it's an opportunity to just kind of build back better. And so Gino and I, Gino's my business partner and he's also my fiance. Uh, we, we decided like, we're going to do things differently and we're going to build the company that we want to build. And we're going to, we're going to learn. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard, but we're going to take the lessons and we're going to scale this over time. Um, we're not going to rush it and, and, and we're going to make the best of it. How did you transition from the sports brand to your current business? Well, the thing is, we've always provided uh, design and development services. I think that early on, we were not as focused as we should be. Uh, and so it was like, okay, I'm doing this business. Okay, I have a, a marketing business. And I also have a water sports brand. Like, you're all over the place, you know, focus up. The, the advantage of having the, the marketing business was that we didn't have to pay for marketing of the water sports brand because we did it all ourselves. You know, Gino is a product designer and software engineer, um, business development and, and finance. So we applied those skills to that business as we can apply it to any business. But what that did was it put us in a space where we were not really focused on our core skills, our core business. And with Thoughtful, we made the decision that this is what we do really well. This is how we stand out, and this is what we're going to focus on moving forward. And everything we build from here has to be built around these core skill sets that we have, not like a completely different brand that has absolutely nothing to do with um, your core skills. You guys have been doing a really good job. I mean, I looked, and you've worked with a nice roster of clients, including Digicel and Guala Torres Board and even Digital Information Resources, which is a U.S.-based research firm. So how did you go about building your client base? I would say that the starting point of our success in working with these organizations, we work with a lot now, um, it's service. And, and it, sounds, it sounds like real cliche, like, oh, yeah, like, of course, you're in a service business. But I find that a lot of the times, especially, and I'll, I'll only speak for myself, you know, when we started out, I can't say that our focus was was just all about serving. It was a lot of times in the in the early stages, you know, when we started back in 2015, 2016, it was really about, you know, let's figure out how do we become successful? How do we make this money? How do we, you know, how do we win? And we really had to have a shift in mindset from how do we win to how do we ensure that our people are winning, the people that we serve, the people that we work for, how do we create massive value for them? How do we make them comfortable? How do we serve them? How do we go above and beyond um, to, 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 to deliver on their needs, expressed and unexpressed? Um, and then I think that that is what has really attributed to our success. We get a lot of referrals and I think people know, especially over the past few years, we've been able to develop and build on our reputation as people that deliver, that get things done and that are going to, you know, you're going to leave working with us feeling like you got more than you paid for. As you mentioned, one of the ways to grow is to grow your, your network. You've also surrounded yourself with some great mentors. So how do you use your mentors and your network strategically to help you continue to build on what you have? Yeah, it, it, it comes back to service and, and beyond service, I would say kindness. 
a lot of people, when they are trying to build their network, they're really me-centric. They're focused on how much can I take from the table? And I know this because I've been this person, you know? I'm coming to the table. All right, what you got to eat? <laughs> I'm coming with my plate like it's a buffet style. When the reality is, like, you really have to be focused on how kind can you be to others? How generous can you be in this relationship? How much can I bring to this relationship as opposed to how much can I take from this? And what I've found is the more you're willing to bring to relationships, um, the more you'll see that people just gravitate to you. And beyond just bringing more to relationships, I also feel like follow up and follow through. The big thing for me is, you know, I, I'm, I follow up on every opportunity. Um, I respond to every email at the end of every day. You know, I'm not going to allow days to go by and I haven't responded to you. And if that happens, it's because I genuinely missed it. It sounds like such a small thing, but I, 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 in my experience, it has had massive impact um, on my personal and professional um, success, both for myself and for the organization. Great points. Um, and I can truly appreciate from a professional relationship standpoint, not just looking at it from what's in it for me, but also providing value. What are some of the major marketing projects you've worked on? Like, what would you say of the projects you've worked on you've been most proud of to date? Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't want my clients to listen and then be like, oh, you didn't like working with me. No, we, we, we've worked on a lot of projects. I think um, one of the big projects that we worked on here in Anguilla that I'm really proud of, and it's, it's still ongoing, is the, uh, the government's response to COVID-19. That was a really big project, and we've been with that team since COVID started. And we built out COVID19.ai, which is a platform um, that is focused on delivering to our people here on the island um, all of the factual information and resources they need to access as we fight COVID-19 and the effects it is having on our economy. Um, so I'm really proud of that project and what our team has been able to do on that and we've been recognized internationally and regionally and internationally for that work. I think another project that we've had the opportunity to work on that was um, really impactful as well was SDM with the OECS. Uh, we came in uh, late last year and uh, we managed the targeted advertising and uh, managing like the, the, the public relations, just coordinating on that for them at the end of it. That was also a, a really fulfilling project. Uh, just because we understand the impact that that project has had on the region and that it will have going forward in all the, the, the installments of it going forward. So that was a really great project to work on. We've been very blessed to have the ability to work on projects where people's lives are truly impacted by our work. And that, for me, is the most fulfilling thing. In terms of your team... When you're hiring, how do you go about making sure that someone is the right fit? Our team is a tight team. We have people that work with us on a part-time basis, but our core team, it's Gino, uh, myself, Cordell, and Ariel. And we are a very tight team. We're like family. We have shared values, shared work ethic. And I think for us, hiring the right people for the organization going forward it's going to be an exercise and observation, you know, because we are so committed to our goals. Our focus is on identifying the values of people. I'm less concerned with what's on your resume. I need you to pass English and math. But beyond English and math, though, 
it, it's really about kindness. Again, it comes back down to what are your values? How do you treat people? Are you a decent person? Because we work hard, operate with integrity. We're committed to what we do. For us, it's important that whoever we're working with, we can feel confidently that when they go out there to represent thoughtful, they embody the values that we value. The pandemic um, has forced many businesses to move online um, and just really creating tremendous opportunities in the digital marketing services space. How has the pandemic impacted your business in particular? I always feel bad when I say this because I know so many people have been impacted negatively by the pandemic. As a digital marketing agency, the pandemic has improved our business tremendously. Like everyone is trying to get online and everyone all of a sudden values technology and values digital marketing because you just can't communicate with people the same way that you did before, right? Last year was our best year ever. Every year our business has grown. We're very fortunate. Like I said, we, we worked really hard during COVID and we had to make some adjustments. And again, we had to em- employ and embody that kindness Um, We had to take some pay cuts because we knew like certain clients couldn't necessarily afford it, but it's paid off over time because again, people value that people really value when you're considerate and they realize that you're a partner and you're not just here, just trying to collect some cash. We all know that rejection is a, a big part of business, regardless of what business you're in. How do you handle rejection and stay motivated as a small business owner? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it's rejection, it's anxiety. I mean, there's no entrepreneur that, that is honest that will tell you that they haven't struggled with either of those. You know, anxiety is a real thing. That anxiety is really as a result of that fear of rejection, right? Uh, and I mean, for me, how I stay motivated, first of all, is I, I meditate. I, I've actually I started meditation last year, the year before last. Um, I work out, so I have a routine, and it's really about staying active and trying to find that balance. There was a time in my professional career when I said I'm never taking a vacation, and until until I you know get to X amount of, of dollars, or you know I'm not going to take weekends off. But the older I've gotten and the more I've been in business, the more I understand that balance is really important. So that'll help you with the anxiety and help to calm your fears. Um, and then in managing the rejection, it's about understanding that it's all a learning experience. You know, it's all a process. And, you know, I, I'm, I operate from a very faith-based space. Um, and so my thing is that what is for me is for me. Absolutely. It's, you know, a lot of it is the mindset, right? And for me personally, um, rejection fuels me. So if I get rejected from one thing, one opportunity, then I go after five more. How do you, Tierra, define success for yourself personally? I define success as happiness, and I define happiness as gratitude. You have so much to be happy about, and in any moment, you can experience that joy and that success. What advice would you give a young person that's considering diving into entrepreneurship or a marketing services business? I have the opportunity to share my experiences with a lot of young people, and what I say all the time is solve a problem. Like I know the allure of trying to, you know, figure out how much money you can make and calculate what you can get from this, that, or the other, solve a problem. And when you approach any business as what is the problem going to solve? 
who am I creating value for? And you kind of take yourself out of it and more focus on how can you help someone else? I find that, um, first of all, it, it, it you're gonna see you're gonna see the success that you want because everyone is looking for someone to help them along the way, and and you're gonna you're gonna be able to 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 observe maybe if this business idea even makes sense. You know, one of the things I say, you can, okay, you want to start a business. The first question I ask you, what is the problem you're solving and who are you solving it for? Okay, this is the problem you're solving. Good. Well, is someone else solving this problem? How well are they doing in, in, in that regard? Like, is there some gap you're going to fill? And if you're not going to fill a gap and if someone else is solving a problem and if, you know, there's really no space for you in the market, you're not going to do something in a revolutionary way. What's the point of going in and doing the same thing when our society, our communities, particularly here in the Caribbean, have so many problems that, 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 that can be solved, so many issues to address. Everything we complain about, in our communities is a problem. It's an opportunity to be to be to be addressed and 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 a challenge to be tackled. Um, and so, my advice to any young person, any entrepreneur, is solve a problem. Go out there and solve a problem. Great way to end it. And how can our audience learn more about the Thoughtful Agency? Where can they find you? Okay, nice, nice. So if you guys want to learn more about Thoughtful Digital Agency, you can visit us online at www.ythoughtful.com or you can follow us at the at sign Y-W-H-Y, Thoughtful. You can follow me at Tahira Banks. I'm looking forward to connecting with you online. Tahira, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with our listeners and I wish you continued success. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Wishing you all the best with this series. It's really great that, you, um, that you're spotlighting young entrepreneurs, young and old entrepreneurs um, in the Caribbean. And we need more of us. We definitely need more entrepreneurs to move us forward. To our listeners, I hope you were able to gain actionable insight that you can use to start, run, and grow your business. To receive episodes of the Unstoppable Yes You podcast directly in your inbox, subscribe to our mailing list by visiting our website at unstoppableyesu.com. You can also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Red Circle, or Google Podcasts.